millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome to Going Off Track. I am Jonah. Jonah apparently is turning into a robot or he's on quaaludes. I was trying to just mix it up and then I was like, this is not working. Okay, it works. I, I, I back it. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just trying to keep things fresh for the listeners. Fresh is good. I'm, I'm freshly sitting in my basement, um, which I really need to vacuum. God, this place is horrendous. I keep finding dead bugs everywhere and I think they died just from malnourishment. <laughs> it's true. I believe you, man. Uh, I don't have a segue from from that uh, into saying today our guest is Corey Brandon, but it is. Yeah, he's the greatest. Corey is the greatest, and so is our guest host, Jenny Owen Youngs. See, I didn't get to be in the room with just like uh, uh, two parts of awesome, one part of amazing. You know, I just blew, blew it completely by not being able to hang out with this one. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty fun. I mean, obviously, Jenny and Corey have toured together, I think on Revival Tour and probably other stuff. So, yeah, they're all friends. And this is actually, I think it was both of their third going off track appearance, which might be the record. Maybe Vanessa's been on it more. but that Yeah, maybe. But that's pretty good because Corey came on the first time. I didn't even know him. He came on with Dave Haas really early on. And then he had two of his own episodes. And then Jenny came on her own. And, and then she did a live podcast. And then she came on this one. So... People like coming back. We're fun. Yeah. And me and Steven went to Comic-Con a few days ago with Jenny. Yes, indeed. Because I happened to get a stack of all access passes. Yes. So, and I thought it was really funny because I was hanging out with Jenny. She's like, oh, I want to say hi to this booth. I'm like, she's like, I kind of know someone there. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, and she starts talking to this girl and she's like, well, actually like did this playlist for the comic book. And she showed it to me and she's like in the comic. And then they were like, well, you they asked Jenny to do the signing with them. And she's like, oh, man, I guess I have to do a signing at Comic-Con. I was like, yeah, you should do it. So I like, literally like went to Comic-Con, and Jenny ended up doing a signing for an hour. So I went and tis, watched your panel, but it was really funny. Tis the stuff that dreams are made of. Yeah, I got to do a cool panel. The channel Stars asked me to moderate some of their shows for them, and that was great. And uh, Warner Brothers Animation asked me to moderate some panels, which was super, super fun, too. So good times at New York Comic-Con, which I love every year. Jonah and I have been actually a bunch. We've been to New York Comic-Con a lot together. I know. I think I blew it. No, not going last year when you interviewed the Bellstar Galactica creator, though. All right, let's get to uh, Corey and Jenny and Jonah, which, uh, again, is also a new supergroup that's happening right now. God, I hope so. All right. It's going on track! Oh, my God. Brad, I think you're doing great. <laughs> also, I like your pants a lot. Oh, thanks. They're just, like, getting it done. All right, well, here we are. Here we are. Um... Go around the room and say your name. Jonah. Jenny. Corey. Brad. We sound we f- sound amazing. Yeah, it sounds good. Uh, yeah, sound uh, <laughs> These two sound better than us. I'm sure. <laughs> okay, I'll fix that in the mix. 
That <laughs> sounds like I'm in Nashville now. <laughs> well, hey, and welcome to Going Off Track. I'm Jonah, joined by... Me, Brad. Brad. And today, our guest is Corey Brandon. Hello. And our guest host is Jenny Owen Youngs. Yes. And Jenny is coming live from the studio, not via Stage It, which is amazing. You're welcome. <laughs> very rarely make corporeal appearances these days. I know, I know. Um, I make fun of Jenny a lot about doing Stage It shows. But then I watched one, and it was us really like, this is cool. Like, I don't have to leave the house. I can, like, watch a show in my underwear. I watch it in my underwear. Ugh. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and it, was, it was sort of like, I, it was like, I kind of want to go to all shows like this. Right? Yeah, it was kind of nice. Corey, have you played a staged show? I've done three now. Yeah, we had to stage it in, then a concert window is the other oh, the word, people word. that did it, yeah. Yeah, I dig it. It's, uh, you know, again, you know, I I was tempted to just do it in my underwear and just <laughs> shoot it, you know. Yeah. A little higher. <laughs> but I don't wear underwear, so that would have, I don't know if they let me do another one after that. Spectacular. Mm. <laughs> it's you, like, you know, when you give a speech and you imagine everybody naked to relax yourself. Maybe when you give one of those performances, you just, re- you think of everybody in their underwear watching. <laughs> Would that work? I have never found the thought of a whole bunch of people in their underwear staring at me to be like a source of comfort. Well, can I clarify? Like, I wasn't doing it like, not in, like, like a an creep. erotic way. Like, <laughs> oh, I gotta get my clothes off to see Jenny. Like, like it was more. I wasn't like, taking it personally okay. at all. No, no. I mean, not not also like. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'll take it personally if you don't watch my underwear. <laughs> it's kind of like when that's I. That's just how, my natural state at home. That's yeah. what I'm sure. saying. No, when I, I come home, I immediately take my shoes and socks off because that's how I'm most comfortable. And you just take all your clothes off. Yeah. Except for your underwear. Yeah. What happened to the kimono, though? I feel like the kimono used to be a. Well, there's a staple. couple kimonos. Uh-huh. And those come in and out. But none of those were right for the stage it <laughs> viewing experience. I was just feeling. Yeah, I wasn't feeling it. Okay. Had to go with my gut, but it was a great show. I left some some weird comments. Um, no, yeah, you did a great job. Yeah, it was fun, and I saw Corey play in real life last night. Yeah, it was Mercury fun night. Lounge. That was awesome. It was a good night. Yeah, um, you have a really interesting crowd. It's it's like such a big mix. I felt like I was like at the airport or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like such an interesting mix of people. Yeah, I, that's the, actually my favorite one. It's like that. Yeah, when uh, yeah, it, just, it looks. Airport, good one. Yeah, actually, that's great. I'm going to use that. <laughs> you should. Next podcast, I'll be witty as hell. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's. I'm either doing something very wrong or something right. All the well, all the time, people are like, "Well, yeah, I like your music. I gave it to my parents. They love it." And I'm like, "Well, that, that's that's one or two, one of two things, you know. <laughs> it's really right, or I'm doing something terribly wrong." Yeah, I forgot. Like Jenny did a really good impression of you this morning. Uh, <laughs> I would, I, I would it like was just some that. like slapping and popping and she like, was like twang. the Corey play solo and how it is and i was like yeah totally it's totally what it but was But like cool it's difficult to make it sound cool when you're doing it with your mouth but like know. you make it sound really you cool good job. oh thanks <laughs> yeah to do that on stage it <laughs> <laughs> well i feel Maybe. like yes. on the records like the songs are like obviously very song oriented which is good and then i feel like live do you do a little bit more of like that crazy finger picking kind of stuff in the songs? And to me, it's it's really incredible. I mean, how did you sort of develop that style? Necessity, yeah. being from Memphis, you know, where people don't they don't care. 
you know. And uh, and uh, even I'm like that too, though. You know, when I see a, a white guy with an acoustic guitar, I'm like, oh God, no, you know. And uh, so you have to uh, you have to uh, really learn how to write hook and finesse it. And and the live show is fun because you know it's it's I can turn on a dime. I don't have a band, so I can you know. If I want to deliver a line, I just drop the music out. I can rush and drag, and it happens in real time, and it's great, and then it's gone. And so it's fun, but people are like, why don't you record um, like you do live? I'm like, you should hear a bootleg of me. It'd be the most annoying thing in the world. If you're not there in real time and you take the room out of the equation, it's just a guy getting very loud, very quiet, very fast, very slow. <laughs> you know, it's like all over the place. You'd be like just turning it up and down. So... Yeah, when I go go to make the records, I try. I just, you know, try to make the record I would. I'd kind of like to listen to and let the songs pick what they want to wear, and you know. But it is like I feel like, especially live, like you do play so aggressively for it being an acoustic guitar. I feel like it almost is like you're playing it as it's it's electric at some points. Or I mean, do you ever play electric just solo? No, I've always just felt kind of weird standing there with a Telecaster. Um, uh. I would I would love to, you know, get maybe like a you know a semi hollow body thing and do that. I've seen Tom Waits do that, but he plays it like it's an acoustic when he does that. Um, yeah, I like playing with a band. I just it's I just tour solo pretty much out of it's kind of a fiscal imperative. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> um, and I don't like you know at the end of the night I don't play with slouches. So when I have a band, they're like cutthroats. You know, they're like the best, and so. You know, you don't want to be at the end of the night and be like, here's $50, here's $50. Right, right. You know, Where's my $2? <laughs> so you go big or you go solo. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I like that. What about you, Jenny? How do you feel about band versus solo touring? Well, you know, yeah, it's just like prohibitively expensive to rock with other people. Tell me about it. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that was an old uh, Thin Lizzy record, prohibitively expensive to rock. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Live record. Yeah, we live. <laughs> <laughs> live from like Des Moines. <laughs> so yeah, what are you going to do? You got to figure out a way to make it work by yourself. Right. Um, I just did a solo run with uh, a semi hollow electric myself. Not to proclaim anything that doesn't need to be proclaimed. Um, but, um, but that happened and it was fucking awesome and so fun. It was good, right? Yeah. You just, I mean, I'm not ever going to tell you what to do, but yeah, you could. But you also had to carry the anchor with you. You had to carry that amp, right? I did, but <laughs> I was riding with against me. That oh. was my, my glorious luck. But I did ship. Oh my God. I did have to ship an amp to Indiana, which was really, um, I really learned a lot about myself and I also learned how to detube an amp. And how to ship it, mm -hmm. and uh, how to put it back together. And Can we ask what the amp was? Oh, it was just a Fender little hot rod. Cool. Um, and now you're all looking at me, <laughs> and now I'm wondering why I started telling you all of this because Jonah asked the question. We like your time. Oh. Yeah, we I do. don't. I don't know how to do that. Well, <clears throat> this is actually a good. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you just like wiggle. There are a lot of videos on YouTube is what I learned. Um, but it was mostly the, like the hardest thing about it was the stress because everybody was like, here are all the horrible things that can go wrong. And like if you touch the tubes, you're like finger grease. Mm -hmm. If you don't wipe it off, then it can like get hotter in those spots and you can fuck up your tubes and na na na. 
Ooh, there's so much. There's so much. There's so much to think about. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just stick to the acoustic. No, that sounds really simple. The thing, the tough, the tough thing I think about playing uh, acoustic when you're by yourself is you kind of like if you're not touring with um, your own sound folk, which I never have done. Yeah. Uh, you kind of, I feel like there's there's too much room for error, or like a lot of room oh for God, error. Oh my God, there's so many variables. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've I've got a rig now. I've, I've, uh, now I say you know, you're tied to the amp in that scenario, but I've got a rig. i got a, uh, this pendulum. Oh my God, we're turning into gear talk here. Yeah, this is good, man. <laughs> i got a, I, I have this beautiful uh, sort of boutique guitar I invested in, which, um, you know, more than some of my college loans, but, uh, <laughs> th- so I bought this, uh, thing called pendulum and it's a double preamp with parametric EQ on each, each channel. It's basically studio gear. And so I have a, a, a neck pickup in the thing that I use for the hyped bass and I scoop out all the high and low. And then I use a microphone inside and scoop out all the bass and, and mix the, all the wood and stuff in it. So I mix the two signals and I EQ them at point you know right here and then i send a line to the sound guy and tell him to run it flat so i've kind of found a way to take the sound guy out of the equation wow and it's been working i've only had it for a month and it's been working varying degrees when you play like the punk rock rooms because yeah you know, um but you get in a theater and it's just like you know you, you know what you're giving them and then they can go from there to the room so oh, that's i glorious. highly recommend it if you have thousands and thousands of extra dollars <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but like if I come across any, yeah. now I know where I want to aim it. There you go. Um, so Jenny, you rode on against me's bus on the tour. I did. Pre-boyed. Corey, you're about to ride on against me's bus on the Gaslight tour. I am. Laura Jane reached out. Uh, Do you have any tips, Jenny, for Corey? Stay away from James in the morning. Oh, James is the best. I feel like he doesn't want people to, th- to think he's the best, but he's totally the best. That's good to know. Well, he's outed now Oops. on the podcast. Oops. Um, he's like a cuddly little, like, uh, sometimes he's grumpy, but like, just like think of a grumpy teddy bear. You still want to like hug that teddy bear, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to make any assumptions about what you do or don't want to do with the teddy bear, but. I, I hug a teddy bear. Yeah. And I saw like you and Laura talking about it, like on Twitter or something, because I followed both of you. Is that really how it happened? That you stayed on there, but I felt like one of you was like, can I stay or... Oh, no, I was going to be riding on the uh, Gaslight bus, and they've got a huge new light rig, but I, I don't know uh, I don't know if they mentioned that to the Against Me camp or whatever, but yeah, she just she just hit me up on the Twitter, which is kind of funny because I think we have each other's numbers. But yeah. <laughs> he just gets <laughs> the habit. It's yeah. like, yeah, let's just do this. Um, so yeah, so that'll be nice. I'll what, what was that conversation? Catch my own bunk. What was that conversation like? Hey, man, like we would love for you to ride for us with us, but like our light rig is just insane. Like I cannot picture <laughs> Benny saying that. No, no, they were they no they and they uh, they were gonna make room no matter what. You know, they were right, they had right. already invited me. Yeah, they, I've toured with them extensively, and they're they're <laughs> they they're, I like their shenanigans on the bus. So <laughs> they're they're a good time bus. Um, but I I was there when they were talking about. Uh, I think we were playing in Charlotte when they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna get that rig. We're gonna get the full on, you know, fuck off light rig." And then you know, then you got to get the guy to run it. Right, and, right, right. Yeah, so, um, it's so, so wild. yeah, it gets, it's a it's a tight bus. Are you excited for that? I mean, how was that? How was opening for Against Me for you? I mean, being sort of acoustic and having them be kind of like a more super rich, dope. Yeah, super dope. Super like open, ready to party ready to hear new things kind of audience you know um uh 
I feel like Gaslight, because they're so big, have like more of a, have a broader demographic, you know? And like the broader your demographic gets, I feel like the more uh, frat people enter that equation. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know like what that mix is going to be like but you've played tons of shows with gaslight anthem and you're you're not worried no no it's uh, their, their fans are easy to play for yeah. um and then you know they're mostly young too so that's always easier um people are generally a little thirstier and more open when they're young and if also if there's just like a you know a few little dickheads i I have no problems shooting them a look that tells them I can see them and I will find them. <laughs> you know? And I will find and that, them. that usually takes care of the, the <laughs> pockets of problems. But no, I, I've never I've just I've never had a problem touring with them. I, I enjoy playing for their crowds. It's my it's my own fans that are just fucking assholes. Right? <laughs> it's other people's fans are great. Wait, really? No, I'm no. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to lose a few of them. <laughs> There was this really tall guy at the show last night, and there was this girl who's kind of smaller. She kept, he kept moving, and she kept moving, and then she kept looking at me like I was supposed to like step in. And she was like, "This guy's so tall, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah, I guess." <laughs> Could you yeah, be tall? <laughs> well, I feel like it, it must kind of suck to be really tall in some ways, because I feel like I would be so self-conscious about where I am all the time. I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine that uh, runs the Belcourt Theater in Nashville. It's an old uh, theater that throws shows like art house films and stuff. We were in a place called The Basement, which is literally that in Nashville. And, the, you know, his head's like hitting the ceiling kind of thing. But he's like just standing in the back by the sound guy. He's like, I just can't. I can't do it. He's like, I can't go anywhere in this room. And he's Aww. like, I feel bad ordering drinks. <laughs> it's like blocking people everywhere. Yeah, that's not a problem I have. <laughs> Big 5'11 and change. What, uh, you played that song last night about your parents. Mm, yeah. Um, I thought that was like super interesting. And I was like curious if you could just like give a little backstory on like sort of maybe what that song is about and sort of where they were coming from, sort of raising you. Yeah, sure. Uh, songs, uh, it's just called Daddy Was a Skyrider. The, the old men used to, uh, work on the jets at FedEx. That's how we ended up living in North Mississippi. He, uh, he moved us up and didn't want to commit to Tennessee, so he just stopped right there towards the state line. And uh, and uh, so, yeah, the old man was pretty, I don't know, stoic, you know, very southern, not a lot of words. Um, and so, you know, the, the image of the skyrider or whatever, just, you know, the words being gone as soon as they're written, you know, not... The idea of a father being, you know, sort of leading through action as opposed to maybe you didn't say all the right stuff, you know. And then my mother just loved the shit out to baby Jesus. So that's the, uh, <laughs> so it's a song about how I disappointed them uh, in different ways. <laughs> uh, but good people. My mom keeps threatening to put the, uh, the chorus on their double headstone. Um, my father's, uh, my father's grave is down there and it's just the little crappy Navy brick they give you because he was, you know, in the Navy. And she keeps delaying it because they're going to have a double headstone. And she she wants to pick out her ornamentation. And I'm like, give the man a headstone. You know, it's like you can fill that shit in later. But she's like, well, she's like, I, I want to put your song on there. And I'm like, God, mother, I can write better. I'm like, you just wait and stick around and I'm going to write a better song for you. And then I'm, I'm going to put that song off and I'm, I'm going to make her live forever. That's my plan. Good plan. Yeah, yeah smart. I'm going to see if it works. Brad, <laughs> do you have any questions? Uh, 
No. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a little distracted. Yeah? Yeah. Everything all right? Yeah, everything's cool. I'm over here virtualizing. Do you guys know any good studios in Asia? Recording studios? <laughs> well, moving on. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, something... Uh, I mean, so your mom is still religious? I mean, do you... Oh, does yeah. she try to still like get you into it, or at this point has she no, been like, "Well, Corey's probably she's one of the uh, one of the few Christians that actually read the Bible about you know not judging." <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's tolerable. Um, yeah, I, you know, I grew up Southern backwards, and uh, I was in the church, and but you know, in retrospect, being from a um, not fundamental in the way it's used in a negative way, but a fundamental church in the in the way that it's. Um, not a lot of politics from the pulpit, more uh, literal reading of the Bible and, and like just reading, you know, it would, that would be the thing, you know, half of the sermon was reading the Bible and, and, you know, repeating it almost. Um, and in retrospect, you know, I didn't, not a lot of the lessons, there's some good lessons in there, but mainly it's the only poetry I was exposed to growing up. The cadences mm-hmm. of the King James Bible and the parallelism and the, way uh, a word is used over and over and over like Tolstoy used to do it you know he would put wept that same verb you know 30 times in a three-page span and you know you hear it and you start to hear it in a rhythm and then you realize you don't know what the word means and you realize you've never really thought of this word it starts to get this accumulative power that a lot of the uh, the the verse of the the Old Testament that stuff like that has that and so in retrospect it's pretty invaluable, I think, going to that. Um, you know, they probably didn't need to tell me uh, all the details of what nailing a man on a stick of wood would do. You know, you, you don't want to tell a child that when he has a good imagination. You don't want to tell a child that when he has a shit imagination. You know? <laughs> but I had a pretty vivid imagination. Yeah. So, yeah, it did a number on me when I was younger, but, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> what else is I going to do on Sunday? wrestling came on saturday <laughs> oh man yeah i never do you guys ever see that mel gibson movie oh, oh jesus God, no. No? no 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 never saw no. that either how'd that end i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i think the boat sinks <laughs> <laughs> um you also had a song last night. I'm not going to ask you about every song you had last night. Are you <laughs> sure but, you're not? Well, there's just it's like, only an hour set. I just, we could probably talk about. It. Well, I just like remember there's certain parts like, oh, this seems really cool. I should remember that. And then I was like, and then like the other voice in my head's like, you're going to forget this in two seconds. Like, stop fooling yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but you that's have, the voice that's in the front yeah. of my head. <laughs> yeah, that's one that's normally right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even get through that voice to even bother trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> you just have a voice that's like you're going to forget. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're going to fuck it up. You're going to screw it up. No matter what, just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have that. Yeah, is that? Do you do you really still have that all the time? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's easier now that I I'm married to like a strong, badass, capable woman. You know, it's like uh, it's not as it doesn't interrupt my other thoughts. You know that I'm going to screw up because I'm like oh, okay, I got a rock. You know, so it's like okay. <laughs> And I've also, she's uh, a little younger than me, so I, there's more RAM. You know, I, like, I, don't, I don't have to remember people's names. I'd be like, this guy, the one time, the guy in Illinois that we met, she's like, yes, his grandmother's a peanut farmer and uh, his, his brother's in debt and just got out of rehab. You know, like the stuff she remembers is insanity. I need one of those. Yeah. <laughs> 
personal assistant. It's <laughs> oh, terrible. I'm glad she's not in the room at the moment <laughs> to hear that because <laughs> that did something the other day. She's like, I'm not your personal assistant. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, no. I would, I would pay a personal the assistant. The more RAM thing is definitely true, man. Yeah. Just, I think so. You know, I feel like the older you get or the more interesting your life gets, the less you can remember this stuff. You get full, man. Your memory gets full. There's only so much you can have in the front but of your But I, I can't erase, like, you know, all those st- stupid kids I was in kindergarten with, like, whose names I can remember, you know, and put yeah. in some, like... Brandon Gerard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I remember Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and put in, like, one of these new important names. <clears throat> yeah, I've got that voice in my head as you're shaking somebody's hand and saying, like, you're forgetting the name as you're shaking the hand. Don't even bother. Yeah. Don't even bother. It's instant fail. Your memory is failing you as the as the as his mouth is moving. When we uh, first started dating, she used to make me uh, do crossword puzzles with her. She's like, "You're too young to be slipping like this." <laughs> you know? And uh, and then you know, and then that's just an exercise in, in uh, just shaming, you know, because she's just like, and I'm like, three letter word for idiot. Um, yeah, she's just she's halfway through with a pin, you know. Yeah, she's like I got doing it behind her back. My wife does the same up. thing. She does the crossword puzzle with a pen. Yeah. She also has, you know, every time she decides to rearrange anything in the house, and I and I bitch about it. She's like, you know, this is a good way to keep your mind young. I've read that, you know, that you should always, you should every so often, you should relocate items so that you have to refine them, and it keeps you keeps your mind. It keeps you keeps your thinking working. I'm like, so me losing everything <laughs> is keeping my mind young. Yeah. Okay. Good. So <laughs> I, I finally said to her, I said, if you think that the longer we're together, the more you're gonna like move stuff around, I'm telling you right now, it's gonna make me crazy and I'm gonna murder you. <laughs> <laughs> just get so a, don't do it. Just get well, like a lazy Susan in the middle of the table and just be happy, happy yeah. with that. Look, here we go. Here goes. There's the sriracha again. Here goes the soy sauce. <laughs> It's got to be another way. <laughs> yeah, I'll play Sudoku or Sudoku. What the fuck is that game? Yeah, <laughs> Sudoku. It's hard. I'll do something like that. I've never done that one. It's, it's my mom's really good at it, and I. It's, it's a tough. What about you? What kind of what kind of board games are you into? Or, or how are you or keeping your games? mind young? How do you keep your mind so young, Jenny? <laughs> um, I like I like a good crossword. Yeah. Um, although you know what's like kind of a bummer about I don't. I only do the New York Times crossword, so I, I don't know, oh, like, not, whoa, but like only Times. like Monday, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. I'm not trying to be like, nah. <laughs> but there are these like, these questions that come up over and over again. They have like a standard list of, of crossword question and answers, right. which is like really irritating. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to know this answer because I just did it last week or two weeks right. ago. It's only for crossword puzzles. But you also like questions. You kind of have that knowledge. It doesn't matter that you learned it from a crossword puzzle. You know it now. Ugh. No, it feels <laughs> gross. It doesn't feel satisfying. It's not. That's not the kind of experience I want doing a crossword. I want to earn every square. You know what I mean? God damn it, Jonah. I have a question for You should Corey. ask Jenny what keeps her youngs. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do better than that, dude. You got to redeem yourself before the end of this podcast. All right, I'll try. <laughs> what was your question? Sorry. Um, what is the big idea? Writing well, such perfect uh, songs all the time. Oh, what the fuck? Stop, stop, stop. Um, <clears throat> Explain yourself. <laughs> Mr. Perfect. 
Oh, did you really? Yeah, I was waiting for the question. <laughs> yeah, do you have an answer? No, that's my question. Or, you know, if that's a weird question. It is. Fair. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, who is like... Oh, God. Thank you, by the way. No, you're welcome. <clears throat> Anytime. Uh, who's like a songwriter that you're super, super into right now? Um, or a band? Uh, I, I love that new Shovels and Rope record. That's oh, yeah. a great record. It's like uh, maybe an hour and ten minutes with no filler that I can find on there. Wow. Um, which is difficult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of songwriters peeling the paint right now. Um, peeling the paint. I don't know. Yeah, there's. I got a lot of buddies that are real good at it. Uh, but I haven't, you know, that's how I end up listening to new music is I've, I tour with people. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. That's kind of the way. When was the last time you went to a show you weren't playing? Yeah, it's, well, I guess a few. But again, I was saying this a minute ago about my eight-month-old son. He's been more, to more oh, shows yeah. in his eight months on that earth than I've been to in years you know, <laughs> that I wasn't involved with. Um, uh, there's a guy named Adam Fawcett. He's out of um, Little Rock. He's phenomenal. He's one of those guys, uh, just one of those assholes that doesn't even need a microphone. He's like got such pipes. Um, mm-hmm. And but I look, I watch him play guitar, and uh, you know I've played guitar for years. I don't. I, he's in standard tuning, and I have no idea what he's doing. I don't know what his hands are doing. He's <laughs> one of those guys. He's just. He might have taught himself. Um, he's great. John Morland's really great. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know... You ask and... When you walk into a music store... I know this like, is probably foreign to people and listen to this podcast, but uh used to walk into music stores and buy music. And uh, when I when I would do that... <laughs> this, this is not going to... No one's going to know what I'm talking about. When I, when you pull up the Spotify... Okay, so it's a building. Yeah, it's a building and it has records in it. But when you go in there uh, and you just... You have all these, you know, these things you want and then you go in there you're like... Oh, I wanted the one that has the guitar on it. You know, you can't remember any of it. <laughs> but the same way with asking me, you know, I, I'm sure I'm listening to lots of music, um, but I can't think of anything. Most of the, my favorite stuff was recorded before 1948. So it's like a lot of old blues and, and uh, early jazz and things like that. And that's sort of my wheelhouse. Give something for the kids. Come on, from that pre nineteen forty eight. What what would they listen to that could kind of like they could? My route into a lot of those things was was a lot of the Delta blues and the Piedmont blues stuff. Right. Um, but I, being from Mississippi, I, I took the long way around. I, I went to Texas first with like Lightning Hopkins and things like that. Uh, Mance Lipscomb, um, a lot of that uh, Texas sort of boogie stuff, and then I found my way back to Mississippi. John Hurt. Uh, Skip James, uh, then Reverend Gary Davis, um, so much of that stuff. Big Bill Brunsey, who was, a, you know, those records we were just talking about. Um, when the Coen brothers used that uh, Glory of Love for one of their movies, and it sounds like it was recorded like two or three years ago. Right. It was, you know, mm-hmm. it's because a lot, you have a trade off, obviously, when you're listening to Charlie Patton. You know, yeah. you're listening through the fuzz and the static because it was recorded, you know, on an ear of corn. I don't know. I don't know how they recorded back <laughs> that then. That is how they used yeah. to record, right? <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah. But uh, those Big Bill Brunsey records, Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's so much stuff. You know, I, I'm always looking for uh, uh, new things. I was in uh, the Bahamas for New Year's of a few years back for this thing they have called Junkanoo, which is their big New Year's festival that starts at midnight 
in and the goes yeah and goes on to 10 a.m and uh <laughs> and i had just discovered this uh bahamanian blues guitarist called joseph spence um and if you just get on the youtubes and pull up some joseph spence sometimes you'll it'll, it's very amusing uh He's a phenomenal player. I think he was like a sharecropper, so his hands, he's like playing back at the bridge, so it's all tinny, but he's playing Delta Blues, finger-picking it, but he's doing uh, these Bahamanian rhythms, and he's singing like he's got the pipe in his mouth. Like he's, the pipe, I think the pipe is literally in his mouth when he's recording, and he sounds a little bit like Popeye, and, he's like, and then he does all these, you know, like all the blues singers, you know, blues... A blues singer is like a white creation. There was no such thing as a blues singer. Right. There was a you know a singer that sang you know popular tunes and jazz and gospel and all these things, and they would come in. They're like, well, we only want your blues. You know, we're going to market this. Right. We only want these tunes. And so uh, he's one of those guys. that's, you know, just play, he's like Santa Claus is a coming to town. <laughs> you know, just playing all of it. You know, and it's it's amazing stuff. But uh, to end this really long story. Um, so it's 10 a.m. You know, it's just, I've, I've got to go. I've got to watch the whole Junkanoo Festival start to finish. So it's 10 a.m. and the, the parade is finally ending. You know, it's been going really? on for 10 hours. And Holy. the last float was a Joseph Spence float. It was in his head and people were sitting all <laughs> oh. around it. And I'm like, that is so fantastic. It was you worth know. the wait, man. Could you imagine like a, a Mississippi John Hurt float anywhere? It's not, <laughs> it's not happening. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So where, where's, our, where's our pride in our music from here? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I was talking about. What were we talking about? Oh, just like Crossword music. puzzles. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the answer is Mississippi Delta Blues. Yeah. Start there. Although Lightning Hopkins is a good place to start. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't <laughs> hurt. Doesn't hurt. Yeah, I wish I knew more about that stuff. I never really explored it. It's, um, you can go down the rabbit hole. You know, you find one guy you like and it's just one of those things. It's just like, you've, it just spreads out in every direction, you know. You said something during the show last night also where you, you were talking about your wife and your kid and you said it felt like you had a real life now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the best and most terrifying of ways, yeah. I mean, I'm, I have a daughter that's two and a half and she's in Tulsa with her mother and uh, now that J.J. Kale has died, my daughter's the only good thing about Tulsa. Uh, hope you don't have a lot of listeners in Tulsa. Um, Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, oh, Kane's ballroom's all right, mm-hmm. but um, and so for two and a half years, I've been just pretty terrified. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's a different, uh, it's a different thing. Like this earth opens under you. You know, it's that whole thing that people talk about. It it's real. It's you know, holy shit, I'm responsible for a breathing human being. But what I was talking about last night specifically is my wife and kid are, are here. They're actually out in the other room right now. And uh, to have them outside of a town where I, where I live and uh, at a place that I've played several times, you know, and I was just out front with the kid, you know, and it's like opening acts on and I've got my kid in my arms right there on Houston. And I'm just like thinking about all the times that I've just been you know, sitting in the alley drinking before the show or sitting backstage or like just chatting with people or something, which is fine. But just thinking about all the dumb bullshit that I've done, you know, just around those few blocks. And then I've got my kid in my arms. It's like this <laughs> tangible bit of... I have done. Well, not that just for me, it's like, I've accomplished something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I did this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it feels... Uh, it feels really good, you know. Um, I feel like I've done something before I turn 40. 
in a couple months. It's like, you know, I remember I've got two kids, too. You know, and before I had kids, you know, you would do sometimes with music, but a lot of times, like, if you, you ever do any kind of art or anything, mm-hmm. you know, and you create something like maybe a new logo for your band, and you just get off so much of going back and looking at it over, you know, like, you just there's a kind of a self-pride, but also, you know, you just, like, there's there's just there's kind of a thrill to seeing, looking at something that you've created, you know? That is out there now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, and even if you're not sharing, I mean, I've, I've done so much art that I've never, was never intended to be shared, you know? And, uh, but still I find it enjoyable to go back and look at it. And some of the, my favorite things that I have created m- musically and otherwise, like usually the less popular stuff is always the stuff that I keep going back to and really enjoy. But like when you have a kid, it's the same feeling. You just, you can't stop looking at them. And it's, and I realize that it's the same exact kind of uh, thing times, you know, a hundred. Mm. You know, you keep looking at this, this little kid and you, you could stare at him for hours, right? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's the same. It's a very similar thing. So for you guys, no kids, like you kind of can identify with us a little bit. It's like I, I, did, I did a logo <laughs> for my band. <laughs> That's exactly That's like that. logo, man. <laughs> a good logo. <laughs> a cute logo that keeps you up at night. A logo that <laughs> shits. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. Okay. <laughs> okay. And makes you wake up at five in the morning. Gotcha. This is a very abstract metaphor. <laughs> we actually got very lucky with Cliff. He, he's almost, uh, my son's name is Clemens. And uh, he, uh, it's almost like he realized what slack ass parents we wanted to be we desired to be and so like after about three weeks he started sleeping 12 hours a night uh, and, and i'm just parents shooting me daggers right now out there but yeah we've we really lucked out and he's uh he's indestructible he's a brute you can't really hurt him um like he came out of the womb and literally as they're handing him to my wife he lifted his head up and looked around Holy and i asked the nurse i was like is that normal she's like oh no <laughs> it's not normal so yeah, he's he's pretty sturdy, which is great because we're careless, careless parents. <laughs> that story you told last night about the black eye was so funny. Oh yeah, it made me laugh so hard. I was on the road. He the little asshole waits to do all the cool <laughs> stuff when I'm on the road, but he got his first black eye, and I was like, "How did he do it, baby? Was it cool?" And she's like, "He fell on a book." <laughs> he's like, oh, that's not even cool. <laughs> I'm sure he'll get, like, plenty of other much cooler black eyes yeah, over the course of his life. I hope. They're fun. Black eyes are fun. I've never... Ha- have you guys ever had black eyes? Oh, yeah. Several. Really? I want yeah. one so bad. Well, Me I don't too. want one now. <laughs> I want one, like, ten years Jenny, ago when I healed faster. Yeah, let's do this, Jonah. <laughs> Fight club. <laughs> Going off track style. <laughs> I had a really good one for Christmas one year, and it was because a mm-hmm. friend of mine owed this bookie some money, oh and God. I was really, really drunk, and so I, I mouthed off to the guy on the phone... And so he comes over to the place I was with two guys that had guns, and it's a long story, but so I went, I, oh God, yeah, people are listening to this. I don't know. I'm not like this. I'm not like this at all anymore, people. It's um, not a long story. You mouthed off to a bookie and got a black eye. Yeah, but I, but I went after him with a, a golf club, even though the guys there were guns, because I was a drunk in those days. And uh, so, yeah, so anyway, so, um, so he's pistol whipping me, and... Uh, <laughs> and and I, I keep getting up and uh apparently my friends told me later I was insulting them the whole time, like uh 
I was like, look, I would tell you if I knew, but if, or if I had a face like yours, <laughs> that, 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 you know, but look at this pretty face. Don't you think I would tell you what you needed to know if I knew it? Oh. So I'm just like insulting them the whole time. So, um, and so the, for, I mean, it was a good one. It was like my whole face. Yeah. You, know? well, you hit somebody with a fucking pistol in the head. Yeah. It's like a hammer. I still have like scar tissue under, uh, I think it's the left side here. But uh, so it was like three weeks later, it was Christmas and the bruise was getting all, you know how pretty they get when they're deep? (laughs) You know, they're not just purple and green. They've got like orange and yellow Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's gorgeous. (laughs) And so I had a beautiful one for Christmas, you know. I don't even know what what story I told them, you know. (laughs) This fell is, on a book. Yeah. So, <laughs> reindeer. <laughs> uh, have you ever thought about doing like a memoir type thing where where you talk about all this stuff and kind of all your story? You know, I'd like no. maybe not specifically this story. <laughs> not at all. No, definitely this story. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking while you're talking, I was like, man, I wish I could read like the Corey Brandon like untold story. <laughs> There's not much to tell. I mean, there's there's little pockets of these things that when you get to talk, you know, because Southerners are terminally full of shit, so we're always telling stories. But then sometimes I'll start telling these stories, and I'm just like, oh, this sounds like I'm full of shit. Like, literally, like I'm making this up. And I was like, but this happened, you know? So sometimes there are these stories that are like, oh, yeah, I guess I did have a little bit of ludicrous stories here and there. But, um... You know, my life's way too boring for a memoir. It could, know, it could be, I could write the book. I could have a book jacket. <laughs> like somebody else could have their memoirs, and I could write mine in, in the in the. In, in I feel like my, my crazy story. You're like I got beat up by bookies. I'm like I ate like a whole pizza and then fell asleep. That's <laughs> <laughs> like that's exciting. A whole pizza, like a big, like an entire stuff. pizza. That's actually nice. pretty that's impressive. Pretty yeah, but you kind of sound full of shit. <laughs> Yeah, you're full of shit. Yeah, What's look your, at you. It's more you of a whole pizza. pizza. <laughs> 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 I exaggerated a little. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Uh, right? You <clears throat> Clevelanders, man. I know. You just exaggerate. Um, one thing, I, I obviously you know this, but about your show last night that is, I thought was interesting was like, you were talking a lot about kind of like the sad songs and then like the kind of more upbeat songs. And it seems like there is like, I guess there's some stuff sort of in the middle, but it does seem like there's a big kind of leap between you do have really those two sort of styles where i feel like a lot of musicians kind of do maybe one or the other predominantly yeah i just noticed last night they were requesting like one guy's over here requesting a song that you know mentions dead babies and then there's other guys like that song that's you know just all about you know kittens i don't know i don't have a kitten song yet i need a kitten <laughs> yeah. song yeah um yeah, I just noticed it was going back and forth a lot last night. Um, I actually try to put it all in the same song. It's just aesthetically they 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 lean one way or another pretty pretty significantly. I, but if it's really dark stuff, I, I have you know most of my darkest stuff has just flat out jokes in it. You know, I try to I try to put it all in at the same time. To me, things don't come to you you know neatly sectioned off. You know, uh, that that. Uh, what's the damn thing called that only you song on the new record is the kind of an example of that the intro and this is i mean it's obviously a light a lighter song but it's you know it's post breakup and the the intro i thought was like post breakup you know like you're you're angry you know you're still tender you're all whatever it's all of it but the uh the lines are here you got another boy i hear he looks a lot like me did this one come with some kind of guarantee well i got me another girl and she looks like you at 23 but while she sleeps i trace the places where your tattoos used to be so it 
you know, it's like a little fuck you, and then it's like, oh, but, I, and then it's like, oh, and it's, oh, you know, so I try to put them all in there as compact as possible, but then, you know, uh, that song just sounds happy. But of course, Jump by Van Halen sounds happy, but he's, he's on a ledge. It's a song about suicide, you know, but people don't listen to lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. Is that really what it's about? Holy oh, yeah. shit. I got my back against the wrecking machine. I might as well jump. He's on a ledge. Nobody ever listens to those lyrics. Dude, you are blowing my mind right now. <laughs> and then the second verse, he's like, he's sort of like, you know, one of those guys that goes down the street talking to himself. He's like, hey, who said that? Hey, how you been? You know, it's like he's, he's sort of losing reality a little bit. Yeah. Nice. Now maybe read a little much into that second verse, but he is on a ledge on, on the end of the song. But it's, you know, who could blame you? You know, it's such a It's not metaphorical. Song. Jump into that relationship. You're yeah. going to fall in love. No. <laughs> I ain't the worst that you see. But uh, I got my back against a wrecking machine. I might as well jump. Damn. Thought it was record machine. Thought it was a jukebox. Interesting. It could be. This is what, this is the beauty of music. Can mean whatever you whatever you want. Well, yeah, once it's out there, that's the thing. People are like, "What's that song about?" I'm like, "Shit, if I know." I mean, your opinion is it's about suicide, man. man. Happy birthday! It means you're gonna fucking die someday. <laughs> yeah, don't sing that at but, my birthday, okay? <laughs> it's true that though that all the folk song. songs usually are really depressing. You know, "Ring Around the Rosies," you know, about the mark and the black plague, and it's mm. you know, all ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Yeah, there's a happy little fun kid real. song. I'm looking up Jump right now to is see. Is your song Pirates about Somali pirates? <laughs> nope. It's just about doing it. Okay. <laughs> but thank you. You're welcome. But isn't doing it really about suicide? <sighs> yes. Yeah. Le petit mort. Doing it. Doing it. Doing it wild. I mean, if you... If you if you have like a progression... Like if, you, if you're writing and you're just messing around your guitar and then you come up with something mm. you like... And you're like, oh, this sounds sad. Are you like, it's minor chords. Am I going to match it with something that sounds like that? Or do you like the dichotomy of having the opposite? Or how does that work for you, Jenny? Um, great question. Thank you. Uh, generally, I tend to sort of like follow if I start with um, a melodic idea that f- or feels somber or a harmonic idea that feels somber. Um, usually the thing that is lit up in me is something that that goes along with that although sometimes i'll like write a sad slow song and then go to make the record and it'll turn into like a bumper so sometimes there's that and that's like you know the pig in a blanket song you know you think you're getting a flaky croissant but then there's like a delicious miniature hot dog inside of it and you're like (laughs) why do i feel both bread and meat at the same time you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So, does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. Great. Do you have the lyrics to jump? I do have Let's lyrics to jump, and I'm going to have to recess my whole thing oh, because it is not Wrecking Machine. It's Record Machine, and he's just coming on to a girl. I'm having to reassess this thing This now. says a lot about you, Corey. Yeah, this pivots on that one word, <laughs> record and wrecking. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, might as well jump. This, <laughs> this is So basically, meaningful. it's a song about he's redoing the Southern phrase, you feeling froggy? <laughs> Jump. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's exactly. like when you're when you're trying to trying to get somebody to fight or trying to get somebody to fuck. It's like you feeling froggy. Huh, so this is just David Lee Roth asking me if I'm feeling froggy. I do have to reassess this song. Yeah, go for here. 
But what's what's the deal with him not knowing? Hey, you who said that? Uh, he died. That's just David Lee Roth did a lot of cocaine. <laughs> 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 who knows? Who knows? Do you know about when Brad? He, do you have any other songs you, know, yes. you want to ruin for Corey? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I'm the huge Replacements fan, and my fa- my favorite Replacements song is uh, Can't Hardly Wait, which is this great song about, like, I guess it ends up being a road song. And it's just a really, I mean, it's it's my favorite. It's a fucking awesome tra- song. But the original version of that, which was recently released, is, is in fact about suicide. Mm. Can't wait to get to heaven or something. But, uh... And it's got killer lyrics, but you can tell, like, you know, he wrote this awesome song, which is just, like, super hooky, musically hooky, but kind of upbeat. And then he wrote these intense lyrics, which are also really well written, but just happened to be about suicide and yeah. not waiting to get, you know, couldn't wait to get to heaven. So at some point, he rewrote that song for the public. <laughs> and large. Which, which he's not wanted to do. No, I yeah. know. Which is interesting. <laughs> Yeah, he's one one of my favorite things ever. You know, and that's the Memphis ties with uh, Jim Dickinson and stuff, and the Big Star. You know, yeah. that's why they went down there to do "Please to Meet Me" and stuff to work with Jim because he did he had done Big Star's third and yeah with the song Alex Children, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. So, and then Jody, Jody played on my second record, uh, the drummer for Big Star. Oh, really? Yeah, I played drums on a few tracks, and uh, Jody, um, Jody wears drum gloves. I no. love I love Jody and so uh so, fingerless yeah uh, fingerless drum gloves <laughs> and uh, he's like he's just like a saint he's the sweetest person in the world um, but I was just like I wonder if he's gonna wear the drum gloves <laughs> and, and so he came in uh, and uh, we uh, we delayed oh god I'm sorry Jody I'm telling the story uh, we were at easily right before it burnt down old studio that we did uh, pavement did Wowie Zowie and Sonic Youth stuff and Jeff Buckley did a lot of his stuff right before he died. Um, and so uh, we actually had to delay our recording for about 10 minutes while somebody ran back over to Arden to get the gloves. Nice. Yeah, yes. yeah. And all, all I wanted, I was just like, tell the engineer, I was like, if you could just get on tape, you know, so we could put it through some reverb, the Velcro. <laughs> oh my God. I would start a record off with... That's such a telling stories out of school on Jody. He's such a sweetheart. I was just listening to that um, uh, Golden Smog record. You know the super group Golden Smog? Of course. Oh, yeah, Jayhawks, Tweety, some of the Soul Asylum. Soul Asylum guys. And a lot of Memphis guys on that first one. Or not the first the one. On, the one I really loved was, uh, what, Down by the Old Mainstream? Oh, that's good. Yeah, but uh, the Weird Tales one is the one they did in Memphis. Okay. Yeah, was that the covers one? Or that was just the no, first one? No. Okay. Had a, uh, a, a fetishized girl. Was a cat? up as a cat. Yeah. Thing, like an old, you know, um, old airbrush thing. That had some good I just love Gary Lewis's voice. I was listening to it the other day and. Tweeting about it, because that's how I express myself these days, in <laughs> tweets. Well, how will you, you ever know you really had a feeling unless you tweet it, so yeah. you can look back at it later? Just sound it out against the void and see. Um, yeah, but I was saying that that's probably the only male voice I would switch mine for. I mean, I would switch my, I would give my voice you know, for anyone's voice other than mine, but if I had, <laughs> if I could choose which male <laughs> voice, uh, it would be, and probably Gary's from Jayhawks, so great. Now, if I could pick any voice ever, it'd probably be Nina Simone's, but that would sound really mm. weird coming out of mm. my body. 
Yeah. yeah. What about you, Jenny? Any voice? Uh, you know, God, Nina Simone is a pretty, pretty excellent pick. But also, I didn't see this coming, and I have a lot of commitment issues. So, like, <laughs> she just grabbed she grabbed both arms of her chair for people out there in the podcast land. <laughs> she just gripped them so tightly. <laughs> it, that's fucking nerve wracking. Well, like, okay, if I was gonna like go dude voice, probably like, hmm, the person that comes to mind is Jeff Buckley. But I feel like maybe just because like. You just said his name a couple minutes ago. That's a hell of a dude voice. It's a hell of a dude voice. But, like, imagine if I could have Tom Waits' voice coming out of my body, and you had Nina Simone's voice coming out of your body, and then we, of course, would have to have a band (laughs) together, being total creeps. (laughs) Uh, You know. So I'm picturing this fantasy band and you guys performing the way it would sound. It's hard. It boggles the It's like patting your head and rubbing your belly. Yeah. <laughs> trying to picture that. <laughs> Two people with other gender voices coming out. Those specific sounds. Yeah, Tom Waits coming out of a lady. Sounds yeah. painful. <laughs> um, wow. Do you know that the... Nina Simone recording of the song Go to Hell. Yeah. God, it's so good. God damn it, it's so good. Yeah. She's my favorite just my favorite voice of all time. Like more so than even like Sunhouse singing a cappella, you know. Her voice is amazing. It's just brutal. Like it this it just like it's there's an assault there. It's and in that in her people don't talk about her piano playing, you know, that's her playing all that masterful you know like almost oscar peterson type stuff you know and then uh but just her uh just how raw that stuff is you know yeah she was just in charge yeah she's like is it a good time for a metaphor cool i'll just go for it always i feel like her voice is like kind of like smoke but like if you're me, you're the smoke you want to smell is pipe smoke, uh, pipe tobacco, pipe smoke mm-hmm. specifically. Not me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever kind of smoke you like the most, I feel like her voice is like that, but then it like periodically like turns into like corporeal or like solid something and then just fucking closes in on your throat. You know what I mean? Uh, Guys, when I was thinking about telling you that I was thinking about this, I was like, this is going to sound, this might sound okay, but it might also sound like I'm a douchebag. And I think I just sound like a douchebag. No, you're wrong. But I really care about Nina Simone, and I want to hear her sing all the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, when Jenny performs, I feel like she's always like, after the show, like, oh, how was that? And you're always like so funny on stage. Like, I feel like it's always so good, and you're like, oh. It's I think like you're so good at like t- talking, um, but so self self critical of it. That's how you stay good, man. I guess so. Um, you know, it's well from a stage and also in a room with people, um, like this with like the four of us staring at each other right. with no like real script. How could I ever 
ever gauge like how well it's going. Yeah, you that's know what true. I mean? It's <laughs> I don't know what your motives are or where your loyalties lie. And same with people in a crowd. <laughs> you know motives. what I mean? You could turn on me at any moment. Are you here because you hate me? <laughs> <laughs> Did you invite me here? It's an intervention. We wanted to, we didn't really want to do it on a podcast, but we thought it would be super embarrassing. <laughs> Um, and so the intervention is like for me to stop being such a fucking like moron and such a hack and such a, Jenny, a, a fake. We think you're but, addicted to flannel. I was, I was going to go with <laughs> the plaid. I was going to go with the plaid. See, our motives have aligned. Yeah. This, me and Corey are on the same page. We cycled wow. up. Wow. <laughs> wow. Everyone, I'm wearing flannel. It's fine. It's fine, but I don't have to. I can stop wearing it anytime I want. Uh-huh. I just don't want to. <laughs> it just feels so good. You can control it, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I totally sure. have a handle on it, man. Just like you don't stay have the to fuck away from my closet. <laughs> so, um, against me, Gaslight Tour, and then what do you what do you have going on? Are you you gonna go back in the studio, or you kind of? Well, this yeah, this record, this new one's only I'm like a what like a month old, maybe a little over that. Um, so I'll be touring, you know incessantly on it i probably won't go back in the studio until next summer um but yeah i mean now that i'm on bloodshot and they want to work it'll be a record every year and a half if i can you know get it done um but this fall yeah i'm out for a few weeks here and there doing headlining stuff i do a handful with gaslight and against me then i go i have a week off i go out three weeks with justin towns earl uh get to play the rhyming Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna bring my mama for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, she was actually like, "Can I come?" I was like, well, "I don't think they have your face with a big X, you know, by the balancer <laughs> station at the Ryman. You can come." <laughs> um, so I'm gonna bring her out for that. I might, I might even tune my guitar for that one. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, just incessant touring, um, and I'm gonna hopefully come back and have a family when it's over. And um, yeah, and then back at it, you know. I've, I've got a couple of different things coming out, too, on the side. I've got a uh, split with Gaslight. And a, uh, the thing I'm doing is split with Chuck. And I'm doing a uh, split with Lydia Lovelace where we cover Prince songs. No way. Yeah, it came about and Bloodshot had done this uh, April Fool's Day thing where they said, here's Bloodshot's uh, record where all our artists cover Prince songs. It was an April Fool's thing. And I was like, Psh, I don't know what you're joking about. I was like, I'll do that in a heartbeat. What, uh, what song? Oh, I, I went deep cut on it. I went uh, Under the Cherry Moon. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I don't even know what Lydia's done on it. I'm sure it's something great. Um, yeah, I had to do it. I had to do it. But, uh, so that, oh, there's also a cool thing that Bloodshot's doing now that, um, it's the 20th anniversary, uh, the label that I'm on. And uh, they're putting out a record. It's like almost 40 songs. Like a, I don't know if it's triple vinyl or what, but uh, it's all non, non-Bloodshot artists covering Bloodshot artists. So like <clears throat> William Elliott Whitmore covering Nico Case. Uh, a lot of people covering that first Ryan Adams record that was on there, like Blitz and Trapper and stuff. Um, and I was lucky enough, uh, Frank Turner did my song, The Corner, and Chuck Reagan covered... Uh, uh, survivor blues and now Ooh. yeah so now i just consider myself as actually covering survivor blues because it is now a chuck reagan song officially <laughs> well, is it is it like the the band version or like the solo version on the record um he 
did a cover that's sort of based off my live version, which okay. is not even really <laughs> recorded. It's again with the whatever, you know, yeah, with the yeah. playing live. Uh, but uh, just sort of based on the structure of it, it's obviously, it's Chuck's now, you know, uh, singing. It's just sort of a stripped down. He did like a almost a Nebraska, you know, era Springsteen version of it. Got that Chuck can really play the underrated harp player. He can really play it harmonica. And uh, I'm not a fan of the harmonica usually, but he plays a style that I like. So yeah, he knocked it out of the park. Wow, wow. that's incredible. Yeah, so I'll be excited for that to come out. Um, are you just so? Are you just touring in your car? Is that sort of your? I'm in the I'm in the tundra yeah, in my truck on this tour. <laughs> I usually, uh, you know, when I go out opening, obviously for the bigger stuff, I get to ride on the buses and stuff because I don't take up a lot of room. I, I sweep up. <laughs> um, <laughs> But when I'm doing my own solo thing, a lot of times I'll rent because that Tundra gets like 400 feet a gallon. So I'll rent a car and you can really get good rates on a car if you rent it for over a month. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to do double contracts, but deny the insurance, take the car like 11 bucks a day kind of thing. Right. You know, and you get one of those little beater, you know, the little cars and uh, it gets like (laughs) 40 miles a gallon and it's just... It's fantastic. It pays for itself in five days. You, you know? got to pick it up somewhere other than New York, though. No, no, I'm, na- I'm in Nashville, right. so yeah, yeah. I, I bet it's a, bet it's a nightmare here. It'd be like sixty a day, even for a month, I think. Uh, well, yeah. that's because you got to drive it through New York. True. I don't tell them in Nashville that I'm going to be driving through New York <laughs> or Houston or Boston or where. What other cities that look like they just threw fucking spaghetti against the wall and said, "Build it." There's our interstate system. Uh, Chicago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. We talked about this the first time we were in the podcast because I remember you told that story about the ice baby. Oh, yeah, the ice mm. baby. But that was in a different car? Or I guess it, that goes... Oh, that was, yeah, that was way back. That was my my Chrysler town and country. Yeah, yeah I had the <laughs> soccer mom van that I'd taken all the seats out of and put a mattress in. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a better tour vehicle because you can see shit in, in this truck. That's why I actually loaded stuff in here for the podcast before I went to... Find some place to eat in Brooklyn. When I first moved to Brooklyn, I lived here in 2003. It was a blizzard winter, 2004. And uh, I had been here, and I'm from Memphis. You know, I've had a guy get in my car with a gun in my ribs for two hours one time, and I've been mugged several times. I've been broken into. I'd never had my car broken into. And I was literally, the time it took me to park a car, go up uh, to tell Austin Skaggs, uh, who wrote, used to write for Own Stone, the reason Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a buddy, so that's why I moved here. He's like, you know, come to New York, free pass. You know, really? You go to all the shows, yeah. But uh, so I go up to tell him I'm here. I'm all excited to move to New York. We come back down, just literally go up, knock on the door. We go down to get the stuff, and then come down, and both my windows are broken, and there's a guy standing there with my guitar. And this it's like my fault for leaving a guitar visible, but this thing was an effector. If you've ever seen an effector, it's one of those that you put the effects in the back, like it almost looks like a Coleco video. Oh, yeah. Piece of shit. <laughs> it was just there as like a novelty gift I was going to give to him like as I'm moving in. The guitar's not worth shit. So the guy's standing there, and he's got that, and he's got an armload of, uh, like I had all these... Um, pre-cliff bars or whatever whatever the earliest thing was you know <laughs> stuff that i still haven't passed you know from back then still stuck in me somewhere and it's just uh and he's holding it and he's got the guitar and he, we you know we go we roll up we bow up on him and he's just and he starts shaking and that's my immediate thing you know when somebody's afraid i can't be aggro so i'm just like just walk away just put it down put it down and he's like it was already 
broken into. I was just taken. I was like, I was like, don't, don't talk to us. We don't want to be friends. I'm like, just walk away. You know, we're not going to call the cops. But he was like trying to explain. And I'm like, all right, now you're going to get hurt. I'm like, if you don't <laughs> drop it. Yeah. But yeah, I've never been able to. I would just make a terrible MMA fighter. Because if like, I hit somebody and they just went, oh, I'd be like, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> We got T-boned the day after my wedding with my wife. We were down in Mississippi, and I was going to put some of the wedding flowers on my father's grave. And so we're driving, and uh, we're on this little highway, and I, I look back, and I'm driving, and I go to make a left. And there's this kid that had been just out of nowhere, I guess, flying along in the left lane. And we're talking about Mississippi where you can see for miles, and it's just a one-way, one-way. And uh, I go turn, and he just smashed the truck that I'm driving there, pushed us off the road didn't flip us and i get out and i and look over at my wife and she looks scared and so i'm like in a fury you know and i've you know i've got this southern irish blood and i have a you know problems anyway it took my 20s to get under control and so i'm about to lose it so you know i get out of the car and i just start running towards this kid and i see him and i see him start to shake and then it's just like oh, it's all gone you know i'm just like okay i like are you okay you know so, uh, if yeah, you know, this exact same thing happened to me when I was, I don't know. Yeah. I was probably 18 years old. This car came screaming out of a parking position, like literally screeching out of it, hit T-bone me and sent, sent me, I had, I had a tiny little car, spun me all the way around. And same thing. I was, I, my, my, I, I, it was the only time in my life that I saw actual red, like, like, oh, it's my a vision thing. was red. It's a thing. I get really? out of the car. I blood in your eyes. And there, sitting in the other car, shaking, is a 70-year-old woman. Oh, no. no. You were about to, you were going to crush Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just immediately melted and went and sat in my car and waited for the cops. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, it's not a proud cave response I have. And oh. Somebody almost killing you will... Yeah, that'll, that'll out, get. Man. Yeah, but in my tw- my twenties, you know, I mean, then putting my name wrong on the Starbucks cup would have done it, you know. <laughs> no, e- <laughs> you know? and so, and that's that's the thing that I, you know, now that I have kids, I I got that lovely gift from my father. You know, he taught me yeah. some great things. Mind your own goddamn business. You know, that was a great thing I learned. My wife loves the eavesdrop. She's like, "Did you hear that?" I'm like, "No, I didn't hear that because that's not my business." <laughs> but. uh but uh, <laughs> the other thing is, yeah, I got the aggro. I got it. You know, my old man was a tender, big-hearted person, but he loved to throw shit. And he would just, you know, flip the dinner table kind of thing. Like yeah. Just this thing, you know, that comes out of nowhere. And this, and it took my 20s to get it uh, under control. But I still have... I, I could never carry a gun because I would fire off warning shots on the highway because of stupid drivers. Right. You know, like when somebody... It, I'm okay when it's me, but my kid's in the car and somebody does something stupid in front of me, I want to drag those people out of the car. I have that still thing. So I'm trying everything I can to figure out the root source of these things so it never, no, so my kids never glimpse yeah, you it. you got to squash it. Yeah. Break and not chain. not that they would ever glimpse it and be afraid like, oh, dad's going to spank me or any crap no, because well, I'm not going to do that. That's it, man. That's where they learn it. I just don't want them to see me react to other people like that. You know? Yeah. And so, I mean, the hardest thing is... Well, you've got a kid that sleeps twelve hours, which is great. But yeah, when you've so had got, five hours sleep, and you you're you know, and you something goes wrong in the house, it's so fucking hard to not 
like lose your shit in like a super immature way. Yeah. But you yeah. got to do it, man. I got to grow up. <laughs> I got to fucking grow up. Who knew I'd have to grow up at 40? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Corey Brandon, Jenny Owen Youngs. Dude. And you can so check much out, fun. So fun. I saw Corey that night perform at Mercury Lounge. He was or the night before, I'm sorry. Uh but he was fantastic. And he has a new record um called No Hit Wonder. And you should check it out. It's it's really great. And Jenny, I believe, has a new EP that's either out or about to come out. And uh I've heard it. And also very excellent music. Yeah, they can do no wrong. You can do your best to support them. And you can support us at goingofftrack.com. Click on the donate button if you like to keep us afloat. We'd love it. Thank you for listening. Uh, send us a message at facebook.com slash goingofftrack. And um, yeah, man, that's it. Jonah's on tour. I'm doing the uh, Fan Connection show on Yahoo, sponsored by Sprint. And Brad's awesome. Mike's awesome. All our guest hosts are awesome. Just a lot of love today, I think. Pretty good, yeah. And both our guests are probably on tour, and, and Jenny is on stage it every day, pretty much. So you can watch her virtually. Right on. And she hates it when I, when I make fun of stage it, so I do it every chance I can get. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.